everyone. Welcome to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We invite you to join our mission to love like Jesus, and you can connect with us on social media or visit our website, csvineyard.org. Now for this week's talk. You can go ahead and grab your Bibles. If you need, there are Bibles in the back at these two stations. So feel free to get up and go grab a Bible, bring it back to your seat. You're definitely going to want them this morning. And we're going to be opening up to the book of Acts. This is a book actually written by Luke. So Luke wrote his gospel and then he continues like part two is the book of Acts. They call it Acts because it was the Acts of the Apostles. This is what the early Christians did. So we're in the book of Acts. You can go to chapter two. And where we find ourselves this morning is that Jesus had come, he had died on the cross, and he had ascended to heaven. And as he left on his way to heaven, he gave them special, a special commission, told them what to do. We'll see that in a second. And the apostles then, that's uh, made up of the disciples plus Matthias, they start doing what Jesus told them to do, which is to go and tell people and share the stories And so Peter preaches. He does a lot of talking. Peter is a talker. Uh, And we find ourselves this morning where Peter is speaking to a very large crowd. And he's telling them what the Holy Spirit is about to do, which is super exciting. So I would love it if you would stand up with me while we read the scripture. We're going to stand, give God all the glory. Acts chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. You can be seated. It doesn't get much more clear than that. This is actually a a prophecy from Joel. So long, long ago, they knew this was going to happen. But what's happening here is Peter saying, now, it's now, now I'm going to pour out my spirit. And it's still happening now. It's still being poured out. We still have this now. So what we're going to look at today as we enter in further into our God Experiences series, last week, Amos talked to us about how to hear the voice of God. Now, once we can hear the voice of God, we can give what he says to other people. So today, we are looking at ministry time. So what is ministry time? Well, ministry time is the space that we offer during Sunday service. We offer it to God to use however he wants. So during ministry time, we invite the Holy Spirit. We ask him to come. Now, some of you are wondering, why do you have to ask the Holy Spirit to come? Isn't he here? Yes, he is here. Some of you may even now be feeling this warmth in your stomach or this excitement in your heart or even warmth. 
You might be feeling some physical manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Yes, he is here, but it's kind of like the snow globe right now, right? It's just a snow globe, but if I shake it up, it, it, it glitters, it sparkles, it shines. Now, this glitter, it was always here right? It will sink to the bottom. It is always here, but I can shake it up. I can ask the snow globe, hey, let's shake it up, right? Let's, let's move. Let's, let's do something special right now. So we see in the New Testament, actually, if you read through the whole book of Acts, you're going to see the Holy Spirit show up. And it, it even looks like waves, like the Holy Spirit will come in these waves and he'll show up and he'll sparkle. Yes, he's with you. If you believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit is inside of you. You have access to him all the time, but you can ask him to kind of shake things up, okay? And that's what we do in ministry time. In ministry time, we offer this space. It's a special time to just say, hey, can we shake it up? Can we see you? more of you, that's what we're asking for. And ministry time is a time to pray. It's a time to say, God, what are you doing? Can I give it to somebody else? It's a time to pray for one another. So maybe you have experienced being here on a Sunday and someone coming and praying for you. That's the time of ministry time. But what we want to do this morning is answer a few questions. We just answered what is ministry time? It's the time that we open up the space for the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants. He might want to heal people. He might want to fill you up with incredible peace while you sit there on your own. He might want to give us a little bit of joy. He can do whatever he wants in that space. And it's a time for us to pray for others. That's what it is. Now we're going to answer the questions, how do we do ministry time and why? How? Why? So in order to answer that question, we're going to look at this book of Acts and see how did the very first Christians do this? How? It's going to be a really fun adventure. We're going to look through chapters one through four. I'm not going to read it all. I would definitely encourage you at home today to read chapters one through four in one sitting and just get a big picture of how the first church began and what they looked like. But for us today, we're just going to point out, we are going to look at a timeline and see how does ministry time work? So before we look at the how, I want to focus in on one moment of ministry time in this book of Acts. So the moment of ministry time that we are talking about is when Peter and John pray for a man who cannot walk. He is a lame man. He has been lame for more than 40 years. He couldn't walk. He is laying at the entrance to the temple. So this is in chapter three. You can look with me and uh, let's pick it up. Well, let me give you a little background. Peter and John are walking to the temple sometime in the afternoon. They go to the temple three times a day in the morning, then in the afternoon, and also in the evening. In the afternoon, this is really cool. The reason they were going to the temple was for the prayer service. And on the way into the temple, they see a man who needs prayer. 
So I love how these disciples, they don't just go to church and then forget about everything during the week. They are already so filled with the Holy Spirit, so in love with Jesus, so connected to him that they can stop on their way to church and pray for someone on the way to the prayer service. Love it. So here we go. Peter and John, verse 4. They see this man who cannot walk. Peter and John look at him intently. I just have to stop. Why does Luke write this? First of all, I imagine Luke was with them, that it wasn't just Peter and John. Maybe Luke was with them. I don't know. Maybe Luke just heard this secondhand. Why do Peter and John look at the man so intently? I'm not totally sure, but I do know and have experienced that there are times that you can see what the Holy Spirit is doing, like actually see. Maybe like I heard a story of someone who could see red, a red line over people's eyes when they needed a special prayer in order to see God more. Uh, You can sometimes see the heat on people's bodies and know this is where God wants to do some healing. So it's possible Peter and John could see what the Holy Spirit wanted to do and knew that this man would be healed. So they look at him intently, and Peter said to the man, look at us. The reason he probably does that is so that the man can be expectant, so he can expect something to happen. We can do the same. We can look intently and expect the Holy Spirit to move. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money, which he did not get. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then, walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God when they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate. They were absolutely astounded. That is the moment of ministry time that we're looking at. This moment of praying for him, seeing him healed, um, that is the moment. So how does this happen? What I want to point out is who Peter and John were, what type of people they were. So to do that, we're going to take an overview. There'll be a slide that pops up. It'll show you what was happening surrounding this event. Surrounding this event, what had happened was, very close in timing here, back in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus told Peter and John and more people that were there. He told them this, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When they got that message from Jesus, they hunkered down, they stayed in Jerusalem, and we see in verse 14 that this is what they did with their time. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. So what I would love for you to say with me is just say the word wait. Wait. 
wait, they waited. They did not run out and start praying for people right away. So just say the word wait. Wait. They waited for the Holy Spirit to come. Then they prayed. Say the word pray. Pray. Great. They prayed. They waited. They prayed. And then, cool, coolness happens here. Chapter 2, verse 4. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled. Now, they already had the Spirit in them, like I told you, right? Like the snow globe, they already had the Holy Spirit in them. But what happened? The Holy Spirit filled them. He kind of shook things up. He filled them. They start speaking in tongues, all these other languages. People all around them are saying like, what? I can hear this in my own language. And all these people start believing in Jesus. And Peter, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. He starts preaching. It's amazing. And then we see after this, all the believers, there were like 3,000 that came to believe. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching to fellowship, to sharing in meals, and to say the word prayer. 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 Good. Prayer. So we've got waiting and praying and being filled with the Holy Spirit. And even continuing on, we see chapter 4, we see Peter speaking again, and he says, he's praying, Lord, hear the threats they are being persecuted. Give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They preached the word of God with boldness. All the believers lifted their voices in prayer to God. So, again, say the word wait. Pray. Pray. Rely. Rely. We're using the word rely to just say we rely on the Holy Spirit. Look, there is nothing you can do in your own power. Nothing. You can pray the sweetest prayer in the entire world, but the Holy Spirit is the one that works through you. And so what does that look like for us? That looks like what the apostles did. They had nothing Nothing. They didn't have the Bible with them. They couldn't pull out their phones and pull up the the best scriptures in the world. They didn't have anything, no resources. All they had was themselves in a posture of emptiness, saying, okay, Holy Spirit, you're going to have to show up. And the Holy Spirit works through them, not by their own power, by the Holy Spirit. So what type of people were the apostles? They were people who waited, who prayed, and who relied on the Holy Spirit. That's how ministry time is done. It's done by waiting and praying and listening and relying on the Holy Spirit. Now, why do we do ministry time? Another slide will pop up, and it will show you. I'm not going to read any more for you, but I'm just going to explain to you what happens. Why do we do ministry time? Because it enables us to share our stories. So I don't know if you've ever received prayer. I have received prayer, and there was this time. I was dealing with so much guilt 
I cannot tell you. The guilt was horrible over something that I had done. Then there was this moment of ministry time. Jesus came to me in a, in a vision. I really had a vision. He healed me completely from this guilt, and I could not stop telling people. I, everywhere I went, I said, do you know Jesus is real? He really came to me. He really healed me of all of my guilt. He can do it for you too, right? It, it, ministry time allows us all to share stories with other people. So it is a way that we preach the gospel, not, not with a bullhorn or anything, just to share this is who God is. This is how he works. And it enables people to believe. It also ministers to the person, right? So in my story, I was healed of all of that guilt. I was transformed. It does minister and bless the person being healed. It blesses the person who prays for you. So there are many reasons why we do ministry time, but the reason why mostly is for others, so we can share our stories, so we can help people. Why? On the next slide, you'll see how many people the Holy Spirit touches and why we share. They started out with 120 believers. It grew to 3,000. By the end, there were 5,000 people because of all of the sharing of all of the stories and because the Holy Spirit, that is the work that he does. So this morning, we get a chance to experience ministry time. We get a chance to experience who God is. We're going to do that through a clinic. I'm going to invite Abigail to come forward. Abigail is our director of prayer and care. Uh, and Abigail's going to help me. We're going to model ministry time. While she gets her mic all set and turned on, I want to read to you from this pamphlet, What is the Vineyard? And it just does such a great job of explaining what I'm trying to explain to you. It says, our mission involves praying and finding power from God himself to accomplish what humans could never accomplish on their own. We pray for the sick. We confront injustice. We seek to hear the voice of God on behalf of others. This involves partnership with a person beyond ourselves. That's what we're trying to do today. I will tell you, it requires being very vulnerable. You do have to not care what people think about you. It requires partnering and participating and just trying. So I want you to repeat this with me too. Anyone can do this. Anyone can do this. Say that again. Anyone Right. You do not need any qualifications, no certificates, nothing. Anyone can do this. The Holy Spirit can use anyone. I've even seen him use people that are not believers. He can use anyone. So everyone is going to try this today. Um, we're going to model it for you first. So Ed is going to come up here as well. Ed is going to be our person for whom we pray. Abigail is going to be my prayer partner. You will notice that Peter and John prayed together. We don't like to do it alone. We love to be in groups. So Abigail is my helper. I'll come down. 
And uh, we're going to pray for Ed and model how to do it. So up on the screen, if you could put up this slide that shows us the steps. Here are the steps that we're going to follow. This is not a perfect formula. You don't have to do it perfectly. But what we want to do first is explain. So we're going to explain to Ed. Ed, we, would you like prayer? Yes. Great. <laughs> so in the vineyard, just pretend that Ed is new. It is not new, but just pretend. Uh, so I do this with strangers all the time. I have done it wrong. I have laid my hand on someone before I asked them, and it was bad. I'm telling you, it was bad. So don't do that. So we explain, Ed, so glad you would like prayer. Uh, if it's okay with you, could we lay hands on you? Sure. Great. And we're going to be praying for you, and there might be some moments of silence. That's just because Abigail and I are listening for the Holy Spirit to show us what God wants for you. Um, so if that happens, just you can keep your eyes closed, rest, relax, and just receive during that, that time. So then we're going to ask, Ed, um, how could we pray for you today? What's going on? Yeah, I uh, fell off a ladder. I fell off a ladder, and I've got a wound on my leg. It's open. I'm so sorry to hear that. It sounds painful. Which leg is it? My right lower leg. Right lower leg. Okay, great. Thank you. We would love, love to pray for that. So what we're going to do next is invite the Holy Spirit to come. That's what the invite means. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. Then we're going to pray for him. And then as we pray, we're going to check in. Just um, stop say, Ed, how are you feeling? Is your leg feeling any better? Things like that. Just check. What, what are you sensing, Ed? We'll be asking him that. And then at the end, I'll show you what it means to just make a plan. That can be like... Could we pray for you again, Ed? Or if he, let's say his, his leg feels a little bit better, we might say, can we pray again right now and just ask for more healing um, or whatever other plan we have. And children are always welcome. Parents, if you have kids, please encourage your kids to come and pray for you. There once was a time I was back in kids' church, and one of our 11-year-olds prayed for me. It was the most powerful prayer. I still remember it. It was years ago. This child heard from God and told me what he said, and it was spot on. So please, kids, in Jesus' name, I just bless you. You are filled with the Spirit, and you can pray too. So we definitely invite kids to be doing this as well. Okay, so Ed, we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come, uh, and we're going to pray for you. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. As we're praying for Ed right now, if anybody's hand feels really hot, could you raise your hand? Just let me know as we're praying. Okay, can you come up? Come up, thank you. Uh, come up. If your hand feels really hot, come forward. Thank you. So I would love for you to just put your hand, don't actually touch it because he probably really hurts, but <laughs> if you could put your hand like close. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Ed says you can actually touch it. Okay, great. My hand does not feel hot, so I'm going to get out of the way. There we go. Holy Spirit, come. More of you, God. So the reason I asked this is because we have seen through much experience that the Holy Spirit will often give people warmth in their hands when he's giving them the gift of healing. So we believe in the vineyard that 
The gifts of the Spirit can be like tools that he throws down. You might possess a gift that you use often and often, but God can also just give you any gift he wants at any time. So I don't know that any of these people would call themselves healers, but at this moment in time, God has said, hey, I'm giving you this gift of healing for this moment for Ed. Okay, so Holy Spirit, come. And all of you whose hands are warm, if you could pray and ask for healing, that would be great. So you can just pray out loud. Thanks again for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We hope you share this with your friends and family and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.